Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back. This is the third episode of Black Millennials Invest, the podcast. You guys, this week, I'm really, really excited to dive in to what it means to be a black millennial who's investing. We're talking about the first steps, exactly what you need to be knowing, exactly what you need to be reading up on so that you can get started and go forth confidently. I will I will say I am struggling right now with the worst cold I have had all year. So I just want everyone to just bear with me. Excuse me if I need to take a second and like catch my breath. But I love you guys and I really want to bring you this information. So I'm going to stick it out. I hope you're ready for the ride. Grab some tea and let's get going. All right, so we're going to jump right in. This week, I had an opportunity to speak with quite a few different groups of people about getting started in real estate investing specifically, but just investing in general. So one of those uh, inquiries came from a group that I'm in where we do uh, like weekly Bible study. And so somebody asked me, you know, how do I get started? I mean, like on a high level, what is it that I need to know? So that was my inspiration really for this episode. I was just like, you know what, this has come up a lot this week. People are asking me, where do I even begin? And so that's what I'm going to take time to kind of run back to. I do take time out of the week to speak one-on-one with people who are further down the process. Um, But I have to understand also that everybody is in a different place. So everything we discussed in this episode, I want you guys to realize that everybody's in a different spot. So wherever you are, just kind of take what you can get and, and kind of go from there. As many of you know, I love to talk about this stuff. It's my mission, I really believe, to help people figure out their investment strategy and, and live the best life that they can and create you know, generational wealth for their kids. So if you hear this podcast and you say, you know what, I need to know in detail what best applies to me, please, please, please slide in the DMs on Black Millennials Invest on Instagram, and I'm happy to discuss. So first things first, I'm going to just jump into some questions. So the group from a Bible study chat room, um, sent over some questions that they think of first with when it comes to investing. Then I t- they sent over um, a link that led to most commonly asked questions surrounding investing. So the link did have a lot of really great questions, which I'm going to address in the third segment. So just stay tuned if you want to hear about different kinds of investing. The first segment is going to be solely about real estate. So a lot of people who follow me on Instagram know that I recently invested in uh, a three-family home. So I'm living the life of an investor right now that focuses on real estate. So I I do know quite a bit. I don't know everything. And 
I'm only going to share based on my experiences and how I've gotten started as an individual. In the same sense, I've been speaking this week with people who are interested in starting their own company to invest in real estate. The conversation with them is going to be completely different. So if you are listening to this and you feel like it's always been my passion to, you know, really get into big real estate deals, but I don't even know where to start. Me and five of my friends really want to learn more about this. This is not going to be, uh, you know, directly for you. I'll do another episode where we talk about how you can move forward if you have people to pull together to increase your buying power. Right now, I just want to talk about the basic, basic what steps you need to take if it's in your minds that next year or in the next nine months, I want to become a property owner. So the first thing I would recommend is that you, one, find out how much money you actually can get. So a lot of people get really into the idea of looking at properties and seeing different areas and asking their friends where they should be investing. But you don't actually know what your budget even is. And just because you've saved, you know, $10,000 doesn't necessarily mean uh, you are not able to invest in, in really big properties. So you've got to understand exactly how much money you can even play with. And that comes from getting a pre-approval. So let me take a step back. Actually, if you haven't started saving your money, I highly, highly recommend that you pick up the book or you go on YouTube and you listen to the audiobook, The Richest Man in Babylon. It is going to give you a really clear picture of how important it is to save your money. And I know sometimes as millennials, we can kind of get caught up in the spending and the bills and the you know, different kinds of accounts. You know, I work with one of my closest friends and we really uh, take time to go through our accounts line by line together so that we're making the best decisions that we can with our money because brunch after brunch after brunch you look at your account and not have any money left. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in the memes where they're like, oh, my account on payday, <laughs> my account an hour later when the bills hit. Like, no, it should never be like that. You should know exactly where your money is. You should pay yourself first. And there's some books that are going to definitely help you with that process if it's something that you struggle with. So that's the first thing, saving money. Start saving. Now, I'm going to say, in addition to that, you don't have to save, save, save before you actually discover what your plan is. You can create a plan and understand what you need to be saving for uh, so that you can save better. I really believe that if you have a target that you're saving for, you're going to see that money much faster. It's like anything. If you're driving a ship and the ship has no destination, you're just going to get lost in the ocean. And sure, you're going to wash up on some island at some point, but you don't know what's on that island. You don't know if there's coconuts. You don't know if there's dangerous villagers there. You could get killed. Your ship has to have a destination. And then you'll get there by the quickest route possible. And when you get there, you'll find what you were looking for. Same thing with your finances. If you are just 
putting away a couple dollars here and putting away a couple dollars there. Sure, you'll save a little bit of money eventually. However, if you say to yourself, listen, 2019, I'm becoming a property owner. I'm becoming an investor. I need to save up $20,000. Where can I find that money from? Let's put the savings on paper, write down the goal and start chipping away at it week by week or month by month or pay period by pay period. I don't love those like those little apps where they're like, oh, um, if you save $2 a day, you'll have this much money, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Who's saving $2 a day? Like I'm not doing that. I'm not looking at my bank every day and transferring $2. I'm not doing that. I'm definitely not taking cash out for the $2 that I need. I'm also not doing it week by week. I'm not, you know, waiting until the end of the week so that I have $10 after five days and being like, okay, this $10 has to go to this. I'm not doing it. If I have that, I'm going to Starbucks period. So I highly recommend setting up savings practices based around your pay cycle and your bill cycle. So we all know your rent comes out on the first. Cool. Your paycheck hits on the 30th. Great. All your other all your other savings and things like that that you're accounting for should be affecting on those days. The first and the 15th. I used to have um, all of my home bills and everything come out on the 15th and then my rent and my personal savings and the money I pay myself for being great for being a boss it comes out on the first because that's the first that's it that's that's the first place the money is going it's going to me because I deserve it because I worked for it not to the club not to the bar no it's going to me so start putting that money away cool Back to what I was saying about the pre-approval. Pre-approvals are key for looking for properties. Now, people love to like start talking to their friends and start figuring out what places are the best to buy. Don't listen to these people. They don't know any better. We none of us know any better. You know, you have to do the research yourself. You've got to understand what your budget is because you can have a friend who lives uh, in the Lower East Side and they pay $3,000 a month for a two-bedroom. You're not going to be talking to them about their their house that they want to buy in Hoboken. No, if you live in Brooklyn, you pay $800 a month for rent in your apartment with your roommates and you still want to buy a house you're just as liable to buy a house as they are if not more because your rent is less and chances are high y'all work at the same job say they make ten thousand dollars more than you a year you're still you're still more likely to buy a home than they are because of the choices you've made to pay less for rent so that's the hard part is like paying for rent and paying for your bills and still saving it's not as hard as you think you can make choices now that impact your savings later so that you can absolutely start taking those steps well before your 30s well before uh, you pay off your student loans you know those are options but what you have to do first is find out how much money you qualify for so typically you qualify for about 40 times your 
annual salary. Oh wait, I think I'm even getting that rumor wrong. Don't quote me on that. That I didn't look it up. I did look up a bunch of stuff before I started, but I didn't look up exactly how that works because I don't need to. I don't need to know off the top of my head. You can literally Google mortgage calculator, type in how much money you make, type in uh what kind of mortgage you want, a 15 year, a 30 year, and they will tell you exactly how much mortgage you qualify for, what you'll need to put down as a down payment. You can even adjust what you might want to put down as a down payment. So say you have already been saving and you want to um, find out how much you can afford based on what you've saved already. So say you've only saved, like, say you just got your taxes, you've been saving for a little while, say you've only saved like $15,000, right? Which is still very good. I'm applauding you applause to you because people suck at saving seriously um say you save set fifteen thousand dollars and you want to figure out how much more you'll need to buy a home go see how much mortgage you qualify for if you make sixty thousand dollars a year you're definitely going to qualify for upwards of two hundred to three hundred thousand dollars for a mortgage so then you can start to take a look at how much you can afford for that uh, savings that you have. So let me let me just like think this through. If you can qualify for $300,000, you know, 10% of that is going to be $30,000. So you might look at that and say, that's not even a 20% down payment. How, Ebony, am I going to pay for that? The truth is you don't have to have a 30% down payment. I mean, a 20% down payment. You don't. If it's your first time buying a home, you can get a home for zero down payments. Zero. Absolutely nothing. Or you can do as low as 3.5%. So these are things that need to be taken into consideration when you're looking at your savings. So if you were qualified for a $300,000 house and you went to put down 3.5%, then you'd only have to have $10,000 saved. So that's a big difference, you know? So don't ever look at, don't ever look at this mortgage calculator and say to yourself, oh, well, I don't have $60,000 for some of you who live in New York. That's what, that's what the numbers are looking like. You don't have to have that. You can, you can see from the pre-approval and that's going to give you new eyes when you're looking at real estate potential online on places like Zillow and StreetEasy and Realtor.com. Okay, Um, so those are the first steps. So one, saving your money. Two, finding out what you qualify for. Now, another thing that I thought was a great question is how do I uh, invest in real estate if I'm also paying my student loans? So someone basically said, I'm a recent grad, I'm struggling with clearing out the debt and starting to invest. I've heard a lot of different strategies, but, you know, which which makes the most sense? For me, real estate is the way to go. And that's why I bring it up in this segment, because investing in investment properties where you're not buying, you know, real estate that's like beautiful and you really want to live there your whole life. You're buying functional properties that have more than two units, if possible, two units at minimum, and you're renting them out. So number one, it's paying for itself. 
Once you put the down payment money, you're receiving the cash for the mortgage payments. And if you're smart and if you found a good deal, then you're actually receiving surplus. You're actually receiving money in your pocket. So now that money in your pocket can really help you continue to pay your student loans. Student loans actually help improve your credit. I'm a huge Dave Ramsey fan. If any of you guys have taken the time to look up Dave Ramsey and his philosophies about investing, he believes in being zero debt centric, like no debt at all, no student loans, no car notes, no mortgages. So what happens then to your credit? It disappears. You have none. And that's not necessarily good if you want to continue buying. So there's things that I tweak about that. I don't have credit cards. I don't believe in them. Why do I need credit cards if I have consistent monthly payments on my student loans? Even if I minimize my student right now, I'm blessed. I have $50,000 worth of student loans, right? Let's say I minimize those payments uh, because now I have enough income and enough savings that I could either put, put a ton of money towards a new house or I could just pay off my student loans completely. I'm going to put that money towards a new house because that house is gonna generate more income and I can continue paying on my student loans while having no credit cards. I'm still improving my credit. However, I'm keeping the most minimal amount of debt on my name. Even if I minimize, say I pay off half of them. So now I only have 20 or $25,000 worth of student loans, but I'm paying on those consistently over the course of multiple years that's going to help improve, keep my credit flowing. So if I want to continue to purchase property down the line, I'm not turned away because of my credit and then forced to be a cash buyer because we all know that saving money until you have enough cash to buy what you actually want takes forever. And time is the real money that we're talking about. That's why FHA loans are great. That's why having those small down payments are great because the time is what matters. The longer you have to pay on these, you know, 15 or 30 year mortgages, the faster they're paid off. And then all the money you're collecting from rent is right into your pocket. Then you're in the territory where you can quit your job and be free, free. Okay, free, free. So my answer to that question about pay off your student loans or start investing, absolutely start investing. The investment will pay for your student loans. So that's a decision you want to make now. Do I say like, yeah, if you want to pay more on your monthly for your student loans, I think that's smart as well. I I pay more than the minimum. But you don't have to, you know, you don't have to. The minimum will get the job done. It'll get the job done. You're going to use those student loans for everything they're worth, and they're really worth more than the stress. So make sure you're getting your money's worth, quite frankly. So we're back. I'm having a little bit of trouble breathing. (laughs) I don't know if you guys picked up on how congested I'm becoming the longer I talk on this podcast, but I really do want to get these questions out. So, so I talked a little bit about, you know, paying off the loans, making sure, um, you prioritize investing over paying off the loans. Cool. Uh, the other question that I got from the 
group was what are some key terms and concepts that we should know when we're looking into um, you know getting started obviously pre-approval is one of them credit is another one if you guys are unaware of your credit score or what's on your credit then by all means go to credit karma um i'm not sponsored sponsoring them or they're not sponsoring me but listen it's just the truth they're free they're effective and you need to use them because they will give you a very good overview of what's on your credit and if anything needs to be disputed then you need to uh go ahead and dispute that um the reason that i put this question on the second segment is because there's a lot of terms that you'll see associated with general investing and so that's what i'm kind of going to start talking about now um with the questions that i found as the most commonly asked questions online by millennials when it comes to investing so keep in mind some of the terms are not completely relevant to real estate now I want to touch on some real estate terms first. One of those is the, obviously the pre-approval. The next one is a mortgage. You know, you have to uh, take a look at what kinds of mortgages there are. What you'll see oftentimes is you have the VA loan, which is for veterans. So any of you who are veterans, you need to look into some of the perks of being a veteran when you're looking for mortgages because you'll start to find that they have really great programs to help you purchase your first home. FHA, Federal Housing Association, they're going to offer you much lower upfront costs however the interest rates are higher so that's something to consider now with an fha loan it's the best option hands down for people buying their first home if they you know especially are having maybe like less than stellar credit so if you have less than a you know 650 650 is not super great, but it's not bad. A lot of people struggle thinking that their credit has to be in the 700s in order to purchase a home or to purchase a good deal. That's not true. To be approved for an FHA loan, you only need to have a 580. You got to have better than a 580 to get an apartment in New York. So if any of you are listening to this, you live in New York, um, you could just as well buy a house especially because the FHA loan is going to take into consideration when considering your qualifications how much you're paying for rent. Y'all realize that the rest of the country does not pay what we pay for rent. So if you're paying $1,200, $1,500 for rent and you go to the bank and say, listen, I've only saved up this much. I've only saved up 15000 I want to buy this investment property outside the city. Uh, you know, what are my chances here? They're going to say, well, how much do you pay for rent? And you say $1,500 a month. They're like, oh, are you kidding me? Yeah, you're golden. They're going to qualify you for six, dollars $700,000 worth of mortgage, which I highly recommend you avoid. Do not get pre-qualified for $600,000, dollars worth of mortgage and go buy a $650,000 house. Don't do it. It's absurd. 
it's it's a cycle that you're not going to be able to get out of you're not going to get your your best bang for your buck now i'm i'm going to go off on a huge tangent about that so i don't want to even get started down that road but i highly recommend staying well below your margin so if you get approved for six hundred thousand dollars great you have good credit but buy a three hundred thousand dollar house um other key terms are like uh, attorney's review so once you start looking at homes you need your pre-approval that's a document you take the document to a realtor the realtor will take into consideration the types of homes you're interested in purchasing they will take you to see homes that you are interested in purchasing only when you have a pre-approval letter when you're on those walkthroughs things you need to know are they are concerning contractors I highly recommend you find a contractor or you speak with somebody who knows some contractors or someone who has already been a homeowner who can take a look at these potential properties that you'll be purchasing and let you know if there's any work that needs to be done to them that could be detrimental to your uh, return on investment. So if you walk in, everything seems great, but then you walk around the outside of the house and you see a huge split up the foundation and into the backyard where i don't know maybe a tree is rooting into the side of the house that is a huge huge problem turn the other way and run i don't care if it's a new new construction turn the other way and run so contractors contractors are one of those things Uh, appraisal appraisal is a big thing that you need to be aware of when you're looking into properties appraisals basically declare how much the house is worth now somebody could be selling a house for well over what it's actually worth what then happens is you have to pay the difference let me give you a case scenario so i bought this house for twenty thousand dollars from the bank it was a foreclosure it was also vacant and destroyed dilapidated so i decide i'm gonna bring in some contractors we're gonna fix it up make it look cute and i'm gonna put it on the market for two hundred thousand dollars now the house next door sold last year for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars it's not brand new so the house is on the market. You agree to the $200,000. You get into attorney's review. You get an appraisal. The appraisal says, with all the new construction, the house is only worth $145,000. The seller is still me. I'm still selling the property for $200,000. What that means now is that you have to pay $55,000 difference at closing. That's a no-go. So an appraisal is extremely important when you're searching for properties. And one way you can find out what your potential appraisal will be is with comparables, also known as comps. A comp is basically how where you can see what other properties were sold recently in the area that are comparable to your property. So now a comp would not be considered if you are purchasing a two-family home 
on one block close to the train station and a single family home three blocks away nowhere near the train station much older home if it sells for a hundred thousand dollars and you're trying to sell yours for three hundred thousand dollars that's not a comp that is not considered a comp because the house is not comparable to yours you would want to look at other two family homes that are in metropolitan kind of circles maybe a block away from the house you're trying to purchase okay so some vocabulary there um one of the main things you need to do is due diligence just doing your research listening to this podcast reading up on things watching on youtube people who are buying properties they're giving you guys good information that's free so use it so you know using your time wisely outside of work to read up on things is going to be key i do have a recommended reading list on my instagram page black millennials invest so if you guys are interested in some books that'll help you understand what things like attorney's review are um which is basically you know where you're about to purchase the home and you have a window of time to really understand what you're getting yourself into Uh, attorneys are key for these kinds of transactions and I know a lot of people kind of hesitate when they have to start talking to an attorney because they feel like they're on the clock but when it comes to your money and it comes to your ownership of things you want everything to be done correctly Uh, and that comes down to vetting and retaining a really good attorney So I know I did mention that I was going to get into some of the general investing questions that I found online. I'm going to let you guys know what those questions are. Um, One of them was, what types of investments are available to the average person? Uh, How do I get started in investing? Uh, Is it risky to pick out your own stocks? Um, What is risk tolerance and why is it important? Uh, I keep hearing that it's important to be diversified. Why is that? Those are all really solid questions, but I realized that I've really focused this this podcast episode on real estate and starting out investing in real estate. Obviously, there's so much more I can dive into, but as you guys can probably tell, I am barely hanging on. Uh, Not to mention, I'm much more much more knowledgeable about real estate investing than I am about stocks and bonds and things of that nature. I have a ton of colleagues, friends, and uh, contacts who would be more than happy to talk to you guys about those things, which is why we've gotten this whole thing started, so we can gradually get to everything. I don't want to try and rush through things. I want to leave some wiggle room for me to dive in deeper. So I'm going to I'm going to cut us off here. I really hope you guys have gathered quite a bit of information and know where to start. Start saving, check out Credit Karma, find out what you are pre-approved for, figure out what areas you want to look into, do your own research, read some books, The Richest Man in Babylon. Uh What's that one? Uh, the elements of investing 
really solid recommendation that I recently received. I was just looking at it in the bookstore. I haven't read it yet. Uh, I may even go ahead and start off a book club. So if you guys want to join in on a group read, please let me know and we can definitely make that happen. I read a ton of books. I would love to have this group of people kind of diving in in that way with me. So let me know. Give me some feedback and we can absolutely get that rolling. You know, my favorite resources are Dave Ramsey. I reference him all the time. Tony Robbins, tons of guys out there who are making really good points about the types of spending you should be doing with your money. Um, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. If there's other questions you guys have, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram and I'll see you next week. We'll dive into some of those stocks, uh, real estate, investment, tr- trusts, REITs. We'll, we'll dive into some of those uh, apps that people are using. We'll, we'll dive into some horror stories. We'll, we'll definitely get around to it. I don't want you guys to feel like I, I skipped out on that stuff today. Uh, and I really appreciate you for hanging in there with me, even though I'm super congested and gross. Um, but we will uh, see you next week. Have a great one.